Dylan Gabriel is going to be Oregon's quarterback in 2024. So let's react to it, shall we? Here we go. You are Locked On Ducks, your daily podcast on the Oregon Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, it is that time once again for a reaction episode of Locked on Ducks. I'm your host, Spencer McLaughlin. Thank you so much for making this your first listen or your first view post Dylan Gabriel announcement, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day, and your number one source to stay up to date with the Ducks. If you have not already, like, comment, and subscribe, rate, review. Please and thank you wherever you listen to or watch this show, which is brought to you by Prize Picks. Go to prizepicks.com slash college. Use code Lockdown College for a first deposit match up to $100. Daily fan fantasy sports made easy the transfer portal makes figuring out your quarterback plans rather easy because Oregon has now got their plans mostly though not entirely perhaps set in stone we'll talk about that and Ty Thompson a little bit later but Dylan Gabriel has made it official he is going to be Oregon's quarterback in 2024 he began his career at UCF he went to Oklahoma for the last two seasons and was injured during the Red River shootout last year this year he plays, and instead of losing 49 to nothing, they win the game. Oklahoma goes 10 and 2. He ends the season with these numbers just over 69% completion percentage, over 3,600 yards through the air, nine and a half yards per attempt, which I believe is the exact same number as Bo Nix this season, if memory serves. 30 touchdowns, six interceptions, and a passer rating of 172, the best of his career. He also ran the football. 93 times for over 370 yards and 12 scores. This is a guy who has been productive in college football, and he comes to Oregon. Ty Thompson has entered the transfer portal now, and the quarterback situation is starting to materialize. But I think the biggest thing that you know I, I can't get past with this Dylan Gabriel edition is I like him. One, like one, I want to I make that clear. I like him 100%. I think he is a good quarterback because I've watched him play before and he is a good, productive, solid college quarterback. I do not think that he is Bo Nix. He is not as big. He does not have as big of an arm. I don't know that he has quite as quick of a release, though they're kind of uh, comparable in that sense. And I think that his playmaking ability is good, but I, again, don't think that it is Bo Nix. So my immediate reaction here, honestly, is that the rest of Oregon's team is going to have to play even better next season if the Ducks are going to compete at the level that they did this year. Because I don't think that Dylan Gabriel is someone who can do what Bo Nix did this season. Can Gabriel be an above average quarterback? Yeah, he's shown for the last two years that he is that. The previous season, he got hurt uh, at Oklahoma, was out for uh, a couple games, but he was about 63% completion, over 3,000 yards passing in, in 12 games and 25 touchdowns and six picks. So he's a guy who knows how to complete the ball. He's a guy who knows how to play college football, make reads and all that sort of stuff. I think that there is a Bo Nix element to him in that he is very experienced, number one. But number two, I think the knocks on him are capable of being lessened as he makes his way to Oregon. So Oklahoma had a good team this year. Not a great team, but a good team. They went 10-2 and in the Big 12. They beat Texas in the Red River show, showdown, shootout, whatever it is, I forget. And Dylan Gabriel was very much at the center of what they were doing. I do think there's another gear for him. I don't know that there's a big-time other gear because Bo Nix at Auburn was just a bunch of untapped potential. 
I mean, you look at a guy who was a five-star recruit coming out of high school, whose dad, you know, played and coaches football and whatnot. And I don't know anything about Gabriel's parents. I didn't look that up before this, not that it, you know, matters a great deal or whatnot, but Bo Nix was a big time recruit coming out of high school. Why? Because he's big, he's super mobile, he's got a big arm. Gabriel is smaller. He's not as agile or as fast as Bo Nix, though he can move. He does not have as big of an arm. So I don't think the upside is there. Now, did I think Bo Nix's upside included 77% completion percentage after just under 72 last year and a Heisman finalist? No, I, I, I definitely did not see that coming. But Dylan Gabriel is coming into a situation in Oregon where the receivers are somewhat in flux. You're going to lose Troy Franklin to the NFL. You might lose Terrence Ferguson and or Tez Johnson. Not sure what those guys are going to do, do just yet. I feel confident that Oregon's coming into a situation or that Dylan Gabriel's coming into a situation at Oregon in which he's going to be able to succeed. I mean, the last quarterback to not have success at Oregon was Dakota Prukop, really. And I know everyone might jump to Anthony Brown, but Anthony Brown still won football games. Now, did he maximize his potential or the offense's potential? No, ab absolutely not. But I think that Dylan Gabriel is closer to Bo Nix than Anthony Brown as a transfer, but I don't think that he's capable of, of reaching that Bo Nix level. You know, at some point, you know, one, once the quarterback carousel kind of settles down, I think it would be worthwhile to take a look at the quarterbacks that, you know, Oregon is going to go up against in, in the Big Ten, specifically the ones they'll play on their schedule next season, and look at, you know, how we feel with regards to Dylan Gabriel compared to whoever they're going up against. Because one thing that Bo Nix clearly brought to the table this year, and we didn't all know it at the time, but brought to the table in 2022, was more often than not, Oregon had the best quarterback in the game. I think the only games where you could say that Oregon had the second best quarterback on the field was Washington, USC. <laughs> Stetson Bennett last year was very, very good. I mean, that's just about it. I think him and DTR from a season ago, I, I'd probably lean Bo Nix there, though DTR was very, very good. But that is a significant advantage. If you go into a game and you've got the better quarterback, you're going to have a really good chance to win. doesn't mean you're going to win. USC learned that this year. They had the better quarterback in almost every game they played, and they ended the season 7-5 and five because they couldn't play a lick of defense. But certainly, you know, just from a competitive standpoint, yeah, Dylan Gabriel puts you in a position to be able to put up numbers offensively if you give him, right, we, like we have seen at the Power 5 level, if you give him, the right sort of scheme, the right sort of weapons, and a good team. He can be productive. He can win you football games. Can he do what Bo Nix did this year and go, you know, be a Heisman finalist? No, I don't think so. But can he be a good enough quarterback for Oregon to compete for a conference championship? My initial reaction would be probably, depending on what else Oregon does in the portal this offseason, because the Big Ten is going to have a lot of really good teams. We don't know what Ohio State is going to do. They're reportedly after the guy who was my tar top target in the transfer portal at the quarterback position, and that's Cam Ward. And we don't know if he's actually going to end up there. There was kind of a rumor, but then it was taken down in tweets and all this sort of stuff, and it, it was really, really weird and such. But we'll see where he lands and everybody else. Like Riley Leonard still has to move, and Cam Ward still has to move, and there's still big-time names. But Gabriel was one of the most highly sought-after transfer portal targets at the quarterback position, and Oregon's ability to land him is a testament to what Dan Lanning has done in the last couple of years. They are going to consistently, you look at, you know, Walter Nolan, who's visiting this weekend and whatnot. 
Oregon's ability to continuously attract high-level talent is something that we want to see as fans. And that's something that Dan Lanning is delivering over and over and over again. And that's a really, really good thing for the Ducks. So I like Gabriel. I, I won't say that I'm enamored with him, but I wasn't enamored with Bo Nix either. I thought Bo Nix had a lot of untapped potential. I think Gabriel has shown you know, a lot closer to his ceiling because I don't think there's another gear. Bo Nix wasn't able to put up the numbers he was capable of because he didn't have a good supporting cast at Auburn. Dylan Gabriel had a good supporting cast at Oklahoma. Could he have a better one at Oregon next year? We'll see how the roster shakes out and who his top targets end up being. But overall, yeah, it could be. Is it going to be the size of gap that it was from you know Auburn to Oregon in terms of the quality of the team around you? No, I don't think so. Because though I think Oregon is better than Oklahoma this year, I don't think it's the same as what it was when Bonix left Auburn to come to Oregon. So the team around him is going to have to play very, very well. I think even better than Bonix did this or than, than it did for Bonix this year. If Oregon is going to, you know, have a 10, 11, 12 win season next year, because Bo Nix was so gosh darn good. You just can't expect quarterbacks to play that sort of level. He, he literally had one of the two greatest seasons in the history of, of Oregon quarterbacks. I, I think the top three would probably be, you know, Bo Nix and Mariota's Heisman year and uh, Joey Harrington's uh, great season back in the day. So drop your thoughts in the YouTube comments or hit me up on Twitter. Uh, let me know what you think about this. There's, there, there's a lot to unpack and we'll continue unpacking it. And the move came down shortly after the Dylan Gabriel announcement, Ty Thompson, We'll never start a game for the Oregon Ducks. He's going into the transfer portal. I have many, many thoughts on that. I have many great thoughts about Prize Picks as well, which is the largest daily fantasy sports platform in all of North America. The easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports, it's just you against the numbers. That's it. Instead of battling thousands of other players, including pros and sharks, you pick more than or less than on two to six player stat projections, and you watch the winnings roll in. With the basketball season here, you can pick combo projections across football and basketball from the Specials League, a league created specifically for combo projections that includes two or more players from different sports or leagues. For example, you can do LeBron James plus Travis Kelsey at a 10.5 combo of three-pointers made plus receptions, and you pick more than or less than. Price Picks even offers a reboot policy, so your entries stay in play even if one of your players gets injured, which is the worst in fantasy football, but they've got you covered. For football and basketball games, if you have a player who exits the game in the first half and does not return in the second, that player is rebooted. Price Picks is the only daily fantasy sports platform with an injury insurance policy. That's why you should check them out at pricepicks.com slash college. Use code Locked On College for a first deposit match up to $100. Pricepicks.com slash college. Use code Locked On College for a first deposit match up to $100. Price Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. You guys are consuming a lot of Locked On Ducks this week. I think this would be episode seven of the week. How about that? We don't say your team every day for nothing. 
Thank you so much for subscribing wherever you listen to or watch the show. If you want to become a Locked On Ducks insider and get even more from me, breaking news, reaction, inside thoughts, one-on-one conversations, and more, go to Locked On Ducks over on Subtext. Subtext join subtext.com slash Locked On Ducks. Link in the description below wherever you listen to or watch the show. Free 14-day trial, then it's just $5 a month. Certainly not a requirement, though. So let's talk about Ty Thompson. Ty Thompson is the highest rated quarterback recruit to ever commit to Oregon. And he will leave the ducks without ever having started a football game. That's kind of crazy. I feel bad for Ty Thompson. I think there are a lot of Oregon fans that do as well. This is a guy who was recruited by one staff stuck with Oregon through the coaching change. The ducks brought in a transfer. Ty Thompson waited. Bo Nix came back and Ty Thompson waited. And by the way, he clearly has a great work ethic because we saw him become a better player in the action that we saw on the football field. But in the eyes of the coaching staff, he's not good enough to start compared to Dylan Gabriel. And so Ty Thompson's going into the portal. It makes a lot of sense. Ty Thompson is an old school player in a new school era of college football. Because if this had been a decade ago, Ty Thompson would be Oregon's starting quarterback next season. Heck, maybe even less time than that. I remember once upon a time when Tyler Shuck patiently waited his turn for multiple seasons behind Justin Herbert and got an opportunity to start. It didn't end up working out the way that we were hoping it would. He had some success, but not enough, and they brought in a transfer. And this is just what college football is now. At the quarterback position especially, I think the recruiting and development of high school quarterbacks is going to become less and less prevalent. Is it going to become obsolete? No, of course not. Because portal quarterbacks were once upon a time, breaking news here, transfer portal quarterbacks used to be high school quarterbacks. They just played somewhere else. And so I don't think that it's out of the realm of possibility that anytime Oregon recruits a quarterback, he could become a starter one day. He'd stay in the program and be developed and start in year two or year three, or heck, maybe even in year one if you get a super talented kid. This is, however, going to be the norm. It clearly has been. Justin Herbert was the last successful case of recruiting and developing a young quarterback. And that's because Herbert's timeline lined up with where Oregon ended up being as a program because they'd taken a step back. And by the way, Herbert wasn't supposed to start as a true freshman either. They brought in Dakota Prukop. It wasn't going well. This season was a disaster. And they said, okay, let's develop the young kid. Well, Oregon right now, with the way that they can acquire talent, as I talked about earlier, is constantly in win-now mode. Every season is all your chips into the middle of the table. And so you don't have the time all the time when you're a program like Oregon to wait for a kid to develop to become the best version of himself. You don't have time to operate on his timeline because you have players that are going to... Imagine if Bo Nix had decided to go to the NFL after last season, and Oregon had rolled with Ty Thompson this year. Would Ty Thompson have won games for Oregon? Yeah, of course. Of course. Do any of us think that Oregon would have been 11-1 and and a chance to be win and in to the college football playoff? I do not. Now, could Oregon have been a 10-win team? Maybe. Could they have been a 7-win team? Possibly. We'll never really know. But that's where the staff is at mentally 
when you when you have all these quarterbacks available to you who are developed polished products and are ready to help you win now dylan gabriel has played a lot of college football games he's played in big college football games he's seen coverages and blitzes and had to face adversity and all that sort of stuff ty thompson never got that shot at oregon and i think that sucks for the kid i i am rooting for him so hard i i hope he goes somewhere is able to start and has a bunch of success 100%. And I don't say that with, you know, a side eye towards the coaching staff of like, oh, how did you guys, how could you possibly do that? No, I understand exactly why you did it. Because this is a move that is reflective of what we as fans expect from Oregon, that you're able to win at the highest level possible every year. And this is what college football is now. And so if you if you don't care for that particular approach, I totally get it. Because there was a pit in my stomach for Ty who stuck it out, worked hard, wanted to get better, waited for a shot, and the staff who didn't recruit him said, nope, we're going in a different direction. So now he hits the portal, and he'll never have started a single game for the Ducks, which is crazy, which is crazy. But it's a crazy sport that we love to follow here, and it's a crazy world within that sport that we're currently living in. I think some early you know, targets for, for Ty Thompson – um, if I'm Oregon State, I'd give him a I'd give him a phone call. Uh, if I'm Arizona State, Kenny Dillingham, familiarity there. He's from Arizona. I'd give him a phone call. I don't know if Jaden Rashada is staying uh, with ASU. If he does, then Ty Thompson wouldn't make a whole heck of a lot of sense. Heck, if I were Washington State, I'd give him a phone call. And I think if there were, you know, any any G five teams like a Fresno State or a Boise State. Uh, has has an opening for their quarterback because Taylor Green is in the transfer portal. He was their starter this year, last couple of years, I think. Like there are going to be options when when you're a kid of that caliber. I can't see him just having, you know, no potential suitors. But you know, he he was as loyal as you could possibly be to the Ducks, and you just even though you would like for Lanning and Will Stein and everyone to be loyal to him because it feels right. You just can't afford to do it in this world of college football. You just can't, or else you're going to be behind. And, and that's not where Oregon wants to be. It's no longer a long game where you try to line up, you know, recruiting and quarterback and whatnot. Every single year is an all-in proposition where you are giving it your best swing. When, when you're a team like in a program like Oregon, right? Not every school is like that. For some schools, it's, hey, we need the right confluence of events. We need to have you know, a recruiting class, get a critical transfer, and try to line these things up and understand there's a two- to three-year rebuild here. That's not where Oregon is at. Dan Lanning took over a team from Mario Cristobal that was recruiting and winning at a high level. He has elevated it to an even higher level, I think. And when you look at what Oregon is capable of doing every single year with the portal and high school recruiting, it, it's not as if high school recruiting – doesn't matter anymore. I think it matters a lot less at the quarterback position because portal guys are just always going to be available. That's what this is. It's college free agency, and there is an insane number of guys that are in the portal that can come in and help you win right here, right now. But high school recruiting is still going to matter for you know every other position. I heard, I forget who made the point. I, I was listening to a show. It was either John Middlecoff or... Josh Pate was talking about USC and Lincoln Riley. I think it was Josh Pate. And he said, you can add good players to an offensive or defensive line via the transfer portal. You cannot build the line of scrimmage through the transfer portal. 
Because how many kids can you add from the portal that are at that particular position? It's like two or three. I mean, I mean, think about Oregon last year in the portal and all the kids they had. How many were on the defensive line? Now, that might have been need-dependent, but how many do you feel like Oregon can add there every year? You you still have to have, you know, I, I would love for uh, for Nealon to come in, the Texas A&M, you know, former number one overall recruit. I would love to have him there. I would love to have Jordan Birch back, who transferred in last season. But guess what? Dorless and Popo and Rogers and Taimani, I think, they're out of eligibility. You have to have talented guys who are young and are going to be able to step into that spot. At the quarterback position, it's just going to matter the least amount because of the number of players, and you only need one. You, How many good defensive linemen do you need on a college football team? Eight? Seven? I mean, you need, you need at least six, and the answer is probably closer to seven or eight if you want to be a great defense. And Oregon had a great defense this season. Has a great defense as to go into the bowl game. Won't look exactly the same, yada, yada, yada. Oregon had probably seven or eight defensive linemen that you look at and go, yeah, those were those were important, impactful players this year. The Keon Ware Hudsons of the world that fly under the radar, Popo Amavai and uh, Sam Taimani and all that, all, all those guys. You can't do that entirely through the portal. But quarterbacks, yeah, you can you can do that through the portal every single season if you want to. I know not everybody loves that, but that's the reality. I mean, Bo Nix was a home run. And not every portal quarterback is going to be a home run. Dakota Prukop was not. Anthony Brown was not. But guess what? This is the way that coaches, I, I think, are going to approach this going forward. So what comes next for the Ducks? There could be more movement on the transfer front when you're talking about quarterbacks. It is 100% possible. It's pretty easy to explain, too. Why you should go to eBay Motors? That's a pretty easy thing to explain as well. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eBay guaranteed fit only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. So I think the Dylan Gabriel move and the subsequent transfer for Ty Thompson opens the door for Dante Moore to be a duck, as he was once verbally committed to do. I talked about this on a recent episode of the show. For those who didn't listen, I'll recap my thoughts there. Dante Moore has publicly stated he wants to focus on development, would be willing to sit out a year, and maybe he is. I think at some level, that could be a smokescreen to just kind of send the right message to coaches that are looking at getting him. I think he ends up at Michigan, though, last I heard, he's scheduled to visit Oregon next week. So that remains a very real possibility. And look, would that kind of stink for Austin Novosad? Yeah, it, it it would. But would it make a lot of sense? Yeah, it, it also would. Because remember, when Dante Moore didn't follow Kenny Dillingham to Arizona State, but left Oregon when Dillingham left Oregon, he went down to UCLA, and then Oregon flipped Austin Novosad from Baylor. 
It's not like Novacet doesn't have talent and they aren't, you know, interested in what he could be as a quarterback one day. I think he's got some solid potential. But this Oregon coaching staff has already once upon a time made it clear they would rather have Dante Moore than Austin Novacet. And just because Moore went down to UCLA and really struggled, I don't think radically changes the perception of how the staff views Dante Moore. I think they still look at him and say, he was one of the, if not the top quarterback coming out of last year's class, and he's a tremendously talented kid. And if he is serious, if I'm wrong, and he's serious about, yeah, I'll sit for a year, Dylan Gabriel would be a great guy to sit behind. So could I see this staff kind of forcing out Austin Novosad or saying, hey, we're going to bring this guy in. You can choose to stay or choose to go. The choice is yours. And having Dante Moore be the backup next year and Dante Moore start in 2025, and then you start talking about would it be Luke Moga or Achilles Smith Jr. next? You can see a potential progression there. You can also see that at any point in time, a transfer can come in and say, yep, uh, this is a starting quarterback for the Ducks, and that's the way it's going to go, whether a kid who's been patiently waiting his turn will like will like it or not. So I think that that's pretty easy to see, frankly, with, with regards to what Oregon could do next. I think it works either way. I think having a veteran quarterback ahead of a young up-and-comer, whether it's Dante Moore or Austin Novosad, both of whom I like, by the way, I think Moore's got slightly more talent. But if Dante Moore does go to Michigan, which would be my prediction, which is not based on uh, a source or anything, that's just a guess. If Dante Moore goes to Michigan and Austin Novosad is there and Luke Moga's behind him, I'm comfortable with that quarterback room. Because I think Novosad, year two in the system, He's had some time to get into the weight room, bulk up a little bit, which we know he needed to do. Why couldn't he be a backup quarterback? What what would Dante Moore have shown? Yeah, Moore would have more experience if, God forbid, you had an injury to Dylan Gabriel. But at that point in time, what, what has Dante Moore shown with regards to being able to play at his potential and play at the highest level? He hasn't. He, he, he has not done that. So I think the advantage for all these guys is they're coming into – a place where you're going to have great weapons. We don't know who that's going to be just yet, but you're going to have great weapons. And then systemically, you are operating under a guy in Will Stein, who's the OC and the quarterback's coach, and clearly runs a quarterback-friendly offense. I mean, Bo Nix was great last year with Kenny Dillingham, and he was even better with Will Stein. And the year before at UTSA, Will Stein coordinated an offense with a lefty, by the way, which I don't think is insignificant because coordinating an offense with a left-handed quarterback, it can be a little bit different. So I, I, I do just like, I don't think it makes a huge difference. I just, it's a little subtle thing. I like that he has done that before. So if you have Dylan Gabriel in there, yeah, maybe he could be a little bit better than last season. Though, as I talked about earlier, I think he's closer to his ceiling right now as a player coming in than Bo Nix was when he came over from Auburn. And I think that the offense that Will Stein runs and the way he calls it is clearly quarterback friendly. And, you know, Gabriel's run the RPO game. We can talk about how that fits in the offense and everything like that. But I think that Will Stein clearly knows what he is doing. He, he knows how to call plays. He knows how to produce an offense that for two years in a row now, once at the Conference USA level, once at uh, the Pac-12 level this season, has produced a wildly productive quarterback. And I expect Dylan Gabriel to be in that same sort of mold. And depending on how long he sticks around, maybe that would make Dante more the best version of himself one day. So 
I still expect Oregon to, you know, go after him. I don't expect Oregon to land Dante Moore. If they do, I get it. That would probably lead to an Austin Novosad transfer. But if Moore goes elsewhere and Novosad's the backup and your quarterback progression plan, you know, barring transfers and whatnot, is Dylan Gabriel and then Austin Novosad, Luke Moga, Achilles Smith Jr. There's a plan there. There, there. There's a plan in place. And I think all those guys present plenty of upside. But once again, Oregon's adding a transfer. That's just not a surprise. That's the world of college football now. Appreciate everyone listening. I'll see you next time. Have a wonderful rest of your day and go Ducks.